You're listening to Deep Dives with Sharks, a shark podcast focused on shark species, shark safety both for you and the sharks, and news from the past couple weeks. Sit back, relax, it's time to take a dive. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dives with Sharks. I am still the host here. My name is Alex and I do have a little bit of big news. Now, as you know, I do tend to do a lot of polls, especially on the social media that I've made. So I did two big polls. Well, actually, one was kind of a bunch of little polls all combined into one. But the first one, of course, was to figure out what shark to do this week. And if you looked at the title or you saw any of the social media posts that I made as soon as I put this up, it's the ghost shark. So that one, that one also, I was kind of surprised. I thought others would win, but you guys usually surprise me anyway. And that's what comes into play with the second poll because last week or last episode, I should say, I wanted to figure out what I should call you guys. I got a lot of great suggestions. Um, So some of the ones that stuck out quite a bit. Um, quick little shout out to uh, Sharkies, Sharkles, uh, Pups, Sharks Are Friends, Not Food, and a personal favorite of mine was Imbeciles. Um, I figured you guys would not want to be called Imbeciles, though, so I did not move that one on to voting, but I thought that one did make me laugh, so that was a good one. But it actually ended up coming down. The final was between Sharkies, Chum, Sharkles, and Sharkiras. Now, I honestly thought... Uh, Sharky like Sharkies was gonna win because that one took an early lead but in the end Sharkiras won so welcome to deep dives with sharks my fellow Sharkiras and that is gonna stay for a while until I get a cease and desist from her team um maybe one day we'll get a partnership with her that'd be wild imagine getting Shakira on this that'd be kind of crazy but <laughs> thank you all for participating in the poll who did. If you'd like to participate in future polls or if you eventually want to yell at me to get the name changed, you can try. But you can do that over on Instagram at Deep Dives with Sharks and on Twitter at Deep Dive Sharks. So I'm going to eventually find a way to get those two to come together, but it'll work out eventually. But of course, follow along there. That's how you're going to get the updates here. And also mostly see me tweet that I'm eventually going to get the next episode out because... I'm usually behind, but going into the shark that we have set up for this episode, it's going to be the ghost shark. Now, this one here is a relatively newer discovered shark. Uh, So throughout my research, the oldest date that I could find for when we found this species was around the 1980s. So they have found fossils, though, from the shark that can date back millions of years, though. So hundreds of millions as well. So the shark's been around for a while, or at least descendants of it have been around, but we couldn't really find them because they are a deep sea shark. Now, these sharks are referred to by a variety of names, including chimeras. So for those of you that are Cavs fans, Jason Chimera is back, thank God. Um, But they also are known as spookfish, ratfish, and rabbitfish. Now, I don't exactly see rat or rabbit in them, as they are typically pale white with massive eyes and a narrow tail and a blunt but round face that has lines that resemble blood vessels. Then again, I may just not have seen what a rabbit or a rat looks like recently, so very possible I've just missed that. But they also lack denticles. Now, for those of you that don't remember what that is, that is the tooth-like structures that are on a shark's skin that make them feel more like sandpaper. Now, 
these sharks don't have that. They're actually, their skin is very smooth. They do have a couple uh, sets of, or not sets, I guess they have patches of denticles uh, on when they're pups. So when they're babies, um, which was another name that y'all wanted me to call you pups was in the running. That one lost. That one was in the lead for a minute too. I thought that was going to be a really good one, but alas, shark heroes, here we are. But <laughs> so they, oh, when they're pups, they do have them, but then they grow out of them. And then the males have them on the claspers. So they'll have those there, I guess, as protection. I'm not exactly sure why they group there. Um, but they also have a large set of pectoral fins that help with movement. And this is actually their main source of movement. While other sharks use their tail fins to help move, these sharks don't really do that. They kind of move their fins in the same way that a hummingbird would flap its wings in a figure eight motion. And this helps to generate enough lift for a hummingbird and also keep the ghost shark where it is in the water, but also move it forward to create enough lift to propel it forward. So they use their pectoral fins much more than their tail fin. They also have pelvic fins that help with balance. So they're going to be behind those pectoral fins and they tend to not use those too, too much except for, for evening out. Now this is going to be a little bit uh, interesting as well. Their front fin is more similar to what you see they have two dorsal fins. Their front dorsal fin is more similar to what you'd see on other sharks. So that larger rounded fin that would usually pops out of the water, but then their second dorsal fin is more short and long so it comes off their back a little bit but it goes much further down towards the tail than it would regularly now they also sometimes some ghost sharks will have a defensive spine on their front dorsal fin and this helps to keep predators away and also if anything tries to bite them and they hit that that tends to be a pretty good way to stay alive as well now they have these electro sensors visible above their lip which kind of looks like where your cat's whiskers would be if you have a cat, um, but dogs are better. Drawing my line in the sand here. But with that, you can kind of see that very easily. And then, of course, if you look on the Instagram, you can see the picture of the shark too. So you can easily see all those electroreceptors. I tried to find a photo that looks really good, which also I think this is the only episode where I've done or I've had the post set up beforehand. I'm usually dead tired by the, I mean, right now it's 10.46 p.m. I just got off work. But <laughs> usually I'm scrambling to, like, find a picture and, like, write up the caption. I actually did that beforehand this time because I finished all the stuff before work but didn't have enough time to record it. So here we are. But anyway, back to the, the electrosensors. But, yeah, so they sit there, uh, and they're very easy to see. It's very visible. Um, same with those blood vessel-like lines that go up their face. These guys are really cool looking, and I cannot, even if you're not following the Instagram, just Google these guys. They're so wild. But unlike other sharks uh, that can move their upper and lower jaw, the ghost shark's upper jaw is fused to its skull, which is also very unlike other sharks because they actually have a skull. Now, other sharks don't. They're all cartilage except for their jaw. These sharks actually have a skull. Now, they get the name rabbit or rat because they have to grind their teeth. They only have six teeth. And unlike other sharks, their teeth don't fall out and then regrow. They just keep growing their entire life. So they have to grind these teeth down in order to make sure that they don't just grow too big for their mouth. And that's very similar to what happens with rabbits or rats where their teeth just keep growing. They need to make sure they can grind it down. So it's the same idea there. These guys... Uh, this is why they're also called ratfish or rabbitfish. So mystery salt. I didn't know that earlier. As you could tell, here we are. <laughs> but 
They also enjoy cooler waters and they live in the deep ocean around 2,600 meters or 85,000 feet. There are some that go shallower than 200 meters or 660 feet. It's very much not common though. These guys also tend to feed on crustaceans on the ocean floor and some mollusks, mollusks as well. That is a hard word to say for me right now. But they also have a special reproduction. Uh, it's going to be similar to other sharks, though. Uh, they'll do internal fertilization, and the females will then lay eggs typically around the ocean floor. Although that they live miles below the surface, they are listed as threatened because of bycatch and overfishing, which is kind of interesting to have an alien shark that is caught as bycatch. But because of those big dorsal and pectoral fins, that goes really well on the markets. And also, this is a really interesting fish, I should say, um, which I'll explain why I say fish here instead of shark in a minute. But it's really interesting looking at them because they're also like, some of them get kind of big, not too big, like maybe only a couple feet, but they still look like they have decent, like meaty bits to them as well. So I'm I'm not exactly sure the entire, <laughs> I guess I should say, um, I can't think of the right word for it, but I, I don't know the entire um, body image of a shark. Now it just sounds like I'm trying to not let the ghost shark fat shame itself. I swear I have more than two brain cells. Sometimes they don't rub together, but <laughs> it's late. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, I'm not entirely sure of how like their, their body placement is. But it does look like there are some parts of the ghost shark that would have like some good meat to it. Um, but one of the reasons why I did not call this a shark in that last moment was because scientists are still debating whether or not this is actually a shark or if it's a fish. Uh, there are things that do let it fall into the shark category, and there are things that aren't. So, of course, having those pectoral fins, the dorsal fins, uh, they don't really have a tail fin, though, so that's kind of a pull away. They also do have denticles, but then they also don't, so there's that issue. And, of course, it also comes with having a skull. That's not really a shark thing to do, but it seems like they're kind of evolutionarily along the shark path but also evolutionarily off of it so they're not exactly sure if this is a shark or not but i figured you know layman's terms it's called a ghost shark we're going to be doing sharks that are called fish um i mean eventually down the line we're going to do the sawtooth which is actually more of a ray than a fish but i i mean they're always kept with sharks and they've been on shark week so i feel like that is good enough for me to do a sawfish or a sawtooth um same with the um What's it? Dogfish. That's a shark. It's called a dogfish. Also, there's a great brewery, Dogfish Head. But a fantastic shark as well. Find a lot of those around here. But uh, they're also really cool either way. Uh, they glide through the water gracefully. If there's one thing I cannot recommend enough, it's looking up a YouTube video of a ghost shark swimming. It's just it's weirdly calming and peaceful. They just move very gracefully, kind of slowly. Like You definitely see how it gets the name Ghost Shark. And I will say it does look a little bit freaky, though. So while I think that they look absolutely adorable, everyone who I've shown this shark to has said they're so ugly and hideous. Um, I think I just need different friends sometimes, but that's okay. Um, if my real-life friends are listening, I love you guys. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> no, this shark is definitely freaky looking. So I will give you that warning. But watching it swim is just very calming and peaceful. But that is what I had. Now this one... I wish there was more information out there. I kind of had to ramble a little bit here and there to try to uh, 
spread this one out a little bit because there's not a whole lot known about these guys. We haven't done a whole lot of research on them. And the ones that we found, most of the specimens that we find are washed up dead. So it doesn't really help to only have dead specimens around. The ones that we find alive are very hard to get to being so far down in the water. So hopefully as more research comes out, this may be a shark to revisit in the future. But for right now, this isn't a whole lot out there. But of course, if you guys do have questions, anything like that, hit me up on the social medias and I, or if you have my number, you can text or call me too. I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you there. But uh, from there, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it anywhere. But we're going to go on to the shark safety bit. Now, this one I realized while talking to one of my friends who I've mentioned many times on this podcast, the great young William, um, that I can actually do kind of a multi-parter here because I always talk about how to identify what a shark is doing. But one of the main ways you can identify what a shark is doing is honestly just looking at its behavior. And I've kind of touched on that in previous safety segments, but I never really fully went into it. So I'm going to try to do this bit by bit and kind of see if we can go more in depth with that, starting with their behavior first and going off of aggressive behaviors versus calm behaviors. And then next episode, we'll be looking at like feeding and things like that, hunting everything, so on and so forth. And we'll spread it out that way as well. But one thing is to also note that every shark species is going to be incredibly different when it comes to their behaviors. So great example is going to be if you look at a great white, it's going to be less timid than a dogfish. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, great whites tend to be about 12, 15, 16 feet long. And a dogfish is usually maybe one to two at the most and two is really pushing it. Um, so a smaller shark is going to be much more afraid of you, like a black tip reef shark, five about five feet long. Uh, that's usually the average shark size. They're going to be more timid, especially coming up something that's about their size or bigger. But you go up against a whale shark, I can tell you from personal experience, whale sharks do not give any sort of mind that you are there. They will swim and bump into you because they just... You, they might not even see you, honestly. Like, with how close this one got to me, I honestly, like, I, you would have thought it didn't even know I was there. Now, did it hit me? No. Did it scare the living Jesus out of me? Yes, it did. So quickly. So, it's definitely something to keep in mind, I should say. But it depends on the shark you're dealing with as well. First part, I will say, of course, is going to be the aggressive behaviors versus curious behaviors. Because, as I've said a million times over... Sharks are really curious. They don't have hands. They have teeth. So the whole thing is trying to decipher, well, is this shark just trying to figure out what I am, or is it about to bite me? Very different there. Now, I will also say do not punch a shark. I've said it in the first episode. I've said it in the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, probably in every episode. Don't punch a shark. It's not helpful. The whole thing is if you're just chilling, trying to figure out what's going on, and then someone involved or the person you're trying to figure out what's going on punches you in the mouth, you're kind of upset, aren't you? Same way that if a shark's just trying to figure out what's going on and you punch it, it's not going to go, oh, well, I'll leave you alone. It's going to go, all right, we're fighting. Like, it's probably going to bite you. Now, of course, there are people in the world who are lovers, not fighters. There's also sharks in the world that are lovers, not fighters. So if you actually punch it, it might work. But 50-50 shot, that shark's going to be Mike Tyson and come back at you. So you got to be careful. But the first thing to look for when a shark is near you is its swimming pattern and its speed. 
Typically, sharks will swim at a leisurely pace, but not very fast and without quick bursts of speed if they're being calm. Great example of this is if you've ever been to any aquarium that has a hammerhead shark of any kind, great hammerhead, scalloped, any of those, you'll notice that they tend to swim at kind of an angle, like a 45 degree angle, and that means that they're resting. So you'll see their dorsal fin instead of being straight up and down. I don't know why whenever I talk about this, I always do the hand motions. You all cannot see me right now. I'm not recording video. But anyway, just know I'm doing the hand motions. So you'll see the dorsal fin straight up and down. Instead, it's going to be tilted to the side a little bit, kind of making that 45 degree angle, showing that they are rested and relaxed. Also, any shark you see in an aquarium. Uh, sand tigers are incredibly popular in aquariums. And you'll notice that they tend to be slow moving, not very fast. Um, a Baltimore Aquarium, I was just there this week as well. And the black tip sh or reef sharks that are there, I mean, they are a little bit quicker, but you still see them going a constant pace. And then unless something like spooks them, like there were divers in there early in the morning, uh, getting everything set up, putting the food out. And they got spooked by the divers. They, they quickly hurried off away from them. So typically, like there were some that were like kind of like looking at them. But for the most part, they kept their distance. They don't really know what you are. And even in instances where they're in captivity like that, they're not quite sure what they're looking at. Now, great whites, if they're showing an aggressive uh, attitude, they're going to be more of a star pattern. I remember talking about that a couple episodes back. One thing I forgot to mention, I get a lot of this information either from previous research I did through this podcast, but also I looked it up through the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I'm also going to update this, of course, week by week, however long we go over shark behavior, and that it's probably going to be one that we revisit quite frequently. But going through there, uh, the great whites, they tend to swim in a star pattern, so they'll kind of do quick motions and you are the center of the star is what I should mention as well like they are kind of coming in towards you swimming away from you and then coming back at you so that's going to be an aggressive behavior if they're acting sporadic they're moving all around there's really no rhyme or reason to their motions they're most likely in an aggressive mood now in that case you find yourself in a situation where you are in the water with a shark that is demonstrating aggressive behavior you want to try to get out of there as quickly but calmly as possible as I mentioned in the last episode, a lot of excess splashing, um, any rapid movements on your part, it could make you look like you're injured or weak, and then the shark's going to probably go for you more likely. But with this as well, um, the shark is also going to be very curious. They'll usually do a circling pattern around you, and that is simply because a shark has a full 360, uh, well, hammerheads do at least. I know other sharks with their eyes are more wide set they get more of a 360 view others tend to have still a wider view than humans do with front facing eyes so the shark's eyes tend to be more off on the side and also if you've ever owned a bearded dragon you'll notice that they tend to not really look at things head on they usually tend to look at it from the side so this kind of helps to make sure they can keep their eye on you and this will make sure that they can go ahead and like see what you're doing so rather than being or accidentally putting themselves in a blind spot by trying to face you head on, they have to keep moving anyway. So they usually keep their inner eye looking at you, trying to figure out what you're doing. Now this as well is a great time to mention that you can control how close they get. Now, mind you, with a shark like a black tip reef shark, they're about five feet. They're gonna be a lot easier to move away than say a 12 foot great hammerhead, 16 foot great white. They're gonna be a little bit harder, but at the same time, I'd say hammerheads are pretty easy just by touching their nose right in the middle there 
Um, great white, same deal. Just aim for that nose there. Just push them away. Also, quick shout out to my buddy Jason. I hope you're listening still. And also, I will see you soon. Don't worry. Um, but <laughs> uh, if you go ahead and like just try to push them away, zen, gently, nicely, you just want to get them away from you. Keep that distance. Uh, sometimes even just putting an arm out towards them is all it's going to take to get them to be startled and kind of move away from you. Sharks also do tend to lose interest very quickly. Um, there was a video that I saw where there was a diver uh, who, I forget which, I don't think it was tiger sharks. I can't remember exactly. It was some open ocean shark, and I can't remember right now off the top of my head because I saw it months ago. But she mentioned that she always has to bring, like whenever she's trying to like get close to these sharks, she always has to bring a, a empty water bottle with her because it's a noise that the sharks aren't used to hearing. And since they're curious, she'll just crinkle it on her belt and they'll come flying over to look at her and then like realize, Oh, it's just a diver and they'll swim off. So they lose interest very, very quickly. And even in the video, you'll see her like crinkle the bottle and they'll like come towards her. And then she stops crinkling it and they just swim off. So it happens very quickly. And even in like cage diving, sometimes like there was a video I just saw on Reddit and the guy said that like the only shark that showed up, the best he could get was like a top down view. And it was very quick. Like the shark just kind of looked and saw it was like, oh, a cage. Cool. And then just left. So once they kind of figure out you're not food and you're not anything they can really mess with, they kind of just leave you alone. Now, there is a thing that I do want to point out as well. A really good example of aggressive behavior that worked out fine, though, was there was a video that recently I'm talking about a lot of videos here, too. I mean, I spend a lot of time on the Internet, clearly. But there's a lot of it is looking at sharks, too. But there was a video of this kid that they're trying to do, like, the big reveal of, like, the fish he either just spearfished or something like that. But the kid's in the water, and he's got his hand underneath the boat, and he's holding a fish. And then his dad's recording or whoever's recording, and he goes and he puts the fish up on the deck. And a second later, a shark comes and hits him right in the chest. Now, everyone lost their mind. Immediately, all the headlines were... 12 year old boys attacked by a shark this that whatever and if you look at the video it looks like he doesn't really even get bit and they said there were no injuries to the kid so I don't even think he was bit at all I think if anything the shark went and bit where the fish was that was just moved and it does that quick motion slams off his chest and just kind of sits there for a second like well that wasn't what I meant to do and then it, it, the video cuts off but like you see the kid's not in pain the kid's fine the kid's like startled for a second but like there's no blood and he's not dead and he didn't even get bit like he got smacked by a shark which I mean that's kind of cool like if I got smacked by a shark and it's on camera literally I'd start every interaction with hi I'm the kid that got smacked with a shark and I would pull up my phone and immediately show him that's kind of wild but the whole thing is that was an aggressive behavior that still ended without a bite so the whole thing here is just staying vigilant, uh, noticing like these different patterns. Like if it's a slow, steady, consistent movement, the shark's being calm. It's doing just trying to figure out what the environment around it is. It's just hanging out, doing its thing. But if it's acting sporadic, it's going in and out, trying to charge you, it's being aggressive. And one thing that you can do to get a shark away from you, now mind you, this is only if it is being calm. Do not do this if a shark is already being aggressive because this can end very badly. But if a shark's getting a little too close and you don't like it and you can't get out the water or anything like that, because, I mean, of course, as soon as you start, like, heading towards the shore, the shark might follow you. Now, one thing I will also reiterate that I mentioned a while ago, don't 
follow a shark if it is leaving because that is a predatory behavior and a shark will act defensively which as a lot of people in the u.s know uh defense can be the whole reason why anything happens so just yell defense and you're good um but anyway so with the sharks they're going to act defensively and they're going to potentially bite you to get you away from it because they don't know what you're about to do and they're fearing for their own life so just be careful there but if it does start getting a little too close to you and you can't get it to just go away what you got to do is you got to act like you're going to smack it now like i mentioned earlier don't actually hit it it does not know that you trying to throw a punch in the water is going to be one of the slowest things ever. And even if you end up making contact, I mean, have you ever tried punching your friend under the water? It doesn't work very well. Like, these water molecules, they're hard to bully around. So, with this, you do a little pump fake at it. It's not going to know what you're about to do. It doesn't know if you can actually throw a Kamehameha or what. So, if you fake that and act like you're going to do something to it, Oh, it's, it's going to skedaddle. It's going to get out of there real quick. Now, mind you, as I mentioned, these sharks tend to lose interest very quickly. So even if you sit there and you're trying to charge up your Kamehameha, by the time you get to Kame, it's usually gone at that point. It's already buggered off. It doesn't really care. So one of those things there is just remember, stay calm. It's going to be curious. It might try to figure out what you are. If it's a little too curious, just put a hand out. Usually at that point, it won't go for you. Or if it's still getting a little too close, then you just kind of push it away from you. That's all you really got to do. You don't got to worry. You don't got to freak out. Most of the times, like even if it's a small shark and you're just standing in the water, I mean, even so, you can give it a little tap and it'll be like, oh, God, and like get away. Like you don't got to full-blown punch a shark. As I mentioned before, like most of the sharks that are going to come up to you at the beach, even if they do at all, are going to be like a foot long. So they're not really going to do anything. So if you punch a foot-long shark, you're going to punch all of it. And that's just that's overkill. You don't need to try to end a shark. It's messed up. But with this, uh, just stay vigilant, remain calm. I will also mention though that you know how there are some people in this world that no matter what happens, they're just going to be jerks. And same goes for everything. I mean, there's dogs. Like everyone looks at a dog or a cat, and they're like, "Oh, it's so cute." But everyone knows someone who had a dog that just bit people, or a cat that just messed everything up there's going to be sharks out there that are jerks too. There's really nothing you can do about it. So there are unprovoked bites because sometimes sharks are just jerks. Dogs are jerks. Cats are jerks. People are jerks. So just making sure you're staying aware. And even though you're like, Oh, it's probably curious. It could be a jerk. So just be careful, but always be sure you're aware of your surroundings and just keep an eye out. That's really all you got to do. And if you see a shark, I hope it goes well. But that is what I have for the first bit of this. We'll go a little bit more into it uh, next, not next week, next episode, I should say. I always say next week. I do this like every other week, maybe. So whenever the next episode comes out, we'll uh, we'll go over it then. But I do have two new stories, as always, for you guys. And the first one, of course, is going to be angler spying, in quotes, on sharks with camera notices one staring back off staring back comma off the coast uh off the australian coast that needed a lot of punctuation and it did not have it and i should have practiced that but i did not so here we are but just so we have it again the angler spying in quotes on sharks with camera notices one staring back comma off the australian coast there we go that was reported by the miami herald now this one i feel really highlights what we were just talking about of the curious nature of sharks more than their vicious man-eating tendencies because 
sharks don't tend to eat people, but they bite us sometimes. But we're going to try to end that a little bit. Now, I'm really sorry for this name that I might be about to butcher so bad. <laughs> but it was Trapman Bermagui. Really sorry. Uh, was filming Great White Sharks off of New South Wales, Australia. The Great White that he was filming for a while uh, had been coming along. There were a couple nearby, and one was eating a smaller hammerhead shark next to the boat. When he went to check it out and see what was going on, he noticed that the shark had popped its head up out the water and was kind of looking back and seeing what was going on too. Now, he was able to get a picture close up of the shark, and he captioned it, look at those chompers, which I thought was actually rather adorable. And if you look at the shark, he's just kind of looking up at the boat like, what's going on? And he frequently posts pictures of sharks, so he's around them quite frequently. And he also will show pictures of the fish that he's caught uh, that have been bitten by sharks as he's reeling them in, which also, I feel like this story is a really great encapsulation of everything that I've kind of talked about on this podcast, because this is why I always tell you also to watch out for fishing line and fishing piers and everything like that, because that's an easy meal for a shark, and if you're vibing in there, and all of a sudden a fish goes by you, and a shark is just trying to get the fish, they might accidentally catch you, so just be careful, but the same way that people are curious about what's going on, sharks are too. They just want to see what you're up to, and sometimes they'll come say hello. So, of course, as I mentioned, people are curious. You see an altercation going on, you kind of hang out for an extra second and see what, what's going on here. Same way that if a shark sees what's going on, they want to figure it out. So, they try to. But it was a nice little read. It captured a lot of the things I've talked about, and definitely think it's worth the time i mean that's pretty much the whole story there but you are more than welcome to look it up yourself and also go follow along on instagram at their page i think they listed it in the article but i myself i did not so sorry but this next one actually got a laugh out of me it was called dog chases after hammerhead shark in shocking video and this one was reported by fox news now there is not a whole lot of writing with the video um there's just like a caption so this one was kind of harder it's just me kind of talking about a video i saw again that's most of this podcast actually that's a sudden realization anyway but <laughs> so what you see in the video is essentially uh someone is on a charter boat just kind of set the scene for you guys there's a charter boat uh it's somewhere very beautiful i must say crystal clear blue waters and you see first the shark near the boat. It's about 12 feet long, uh, as the cameraman or someone behind the camera says. And they're just filming it, and everyone's awed and amazed. And then it swims over towards a pier, and you see a dog on the pier. And the dog then decides, you've come too close to my turf. It's time for me to mess you up. So the dog then jumps in. Now, mind you, this is like a Jack Russell-looking dog, maybe a little bit bigger. But... It's not a Great Dane or anything like Like, it is a relatively small dog compared to a 12-foot shark. And the whole video, it's only like 40 seconds long. Everyone starts losing their mind, of course, because they think they're about to see this poor, precious puppy get eaten. And all that happens is the dog just bites the crap out of the shark. And it is the funniest thing because the shark is just trying to swim away the entire time. Now, mind you, this hammerhead could easily have just turned around and just bit this dog. But instead, the dog's biting at the dorsal fin, and the shark's just trying to swim away, and it'll get some distance, and it'll slow down again because it's not like in the mood to eat or hunt. And the dog will just come over and start bothering it again. 
and the shark's trying to do everything. It's swimming out the deeper water. The dog's following it. It finally doubles back and then heads back towards the, the pier. And the dog finally gets the hint and then jumps back up on the rocks. But the whole time, everyone is is screaming and losing their mind. And this dog's just going at it. And the, sh- the hammerhead wanted none of this four-legged smoke. It did not know what was hitting it. And it just keeps biting at it. And finally, the shark just buggers off and does its buggered off, is my phrase of the episode. Woo! But, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, no, like, the shark eventually just goes off and continues to go be a shark. And the dog goes off and continues to go be a dog. And it works nicely. They both live to see another day. But I thought it was hilarious because everyone always looks at how, like, you hear these horror stories about, well, this happened, that happened, blah, blah, blah. And here we have a dog biting the crap out of a shark it's just kind of funny like you don't expect to see or hear that and of course the whole time everyone's got this notion that the shark's gonna kill it which it very much could have but instead the dog's the one that wins this fight if anything like if this this was a boxing match that i'd have to give it to the dog the dog won it was kind of wild now i mean mind you we didn't do it didn't look like he did any damage to the shark i think he just bit at it and it was very tough skin hard to get through but i don't know they didn't get a close-up of his dorsal fin but it was definitely a funny one to watch. I definitely recommend that. Now, I'd recommend watching it without the sound on because everyone's shrieking in the background. Like, it kind of startles you at first. But, I mean, when you know nothing bad happens to the dog, it, it's kind of funny. And I feel like this wasn't this dog's first interaction with sharks because it was way too comfortable to just jump into something that's 12 feet long and just start trying to bite it. But <laughs> but that's what I have for this episode. Thank you all once again, my fellow Sharkiras, for watching and listening. I always say watching. If you stare at your phone this entire time or your Alexa or anything like that, thank you as well. Appreciate it. Um, but if you guys want to follow along for more, you can follow along on Spotify. You can also follow Deep Dives with, uh, yep, Deep Dives with Sharks on Instagram or Deep Dive Sharks on Twitter. That's where I post all my polls to figure out what I'm going to do next uh, and anything that I'm really curious about. I also see what you guys are curious about. So if you want to throw anything there, also if you do have any questions or anything like that but you want to remain anonymous, feel free to let me know. Or if you just want a quick answer there rather than having it discussed on the podcast as well, that is totally fine. Uh, Just let me know because I know some people want to hear this happen, like want to hear the interaction on the episode. Other people don't. So Whatever you want, uh, just let me know. I'm more than happy to work with you on that. But uh, send me any comments, questions, uh, concerns, or if there's something that you saw that might be a little bit different, you can also feel free to send me that as well because, of course, that's why I throw corrections corners in there, um, and there will definitely be a lot more to come. But thank you all for listening. I almost said watching again. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you in the next one.